As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to tonight's home group. This is Rick Renner, and again, I'm here with Denise Renner and Maxine Masnikov. Hey guys, welcome to Home Group. Hi Rick. Home Group, I want to welcome you. We really appreciate you being with us. Amen, we do. And you know, the Bible says that where two or more gathered together in His name. He is there. There He is in the very midst of us. Amen. And He is here with us. And I know that he has something special for all of us tonight. Maxime, welcome. Amen. I'm so thankful to be here. And I have it in my heart to tell you that God wants to do something in your life. And he wants to do something in your life, not day after tomorrow, not even tomorrow. He wants to do something in your life today. And God wants to do something in your life through this home group. Amen. And if you need somebody to pray with you, we would love to pray with you. We truly mean that. And if you'll send us an email or give us a call, the moment we hear from you, we're going to begin to really pray for you. We are really serious about praying for people that reach out to us. It's part of our ministry. It's a very serious part of our ministry. So we're here for you. I'm teaching a brand new series called The Stage of Faith, and I want you to have the free download. Just go to render.org. Get anything free. What a blessing. This is free. It is just loaded with Greek words, the points, the principles. All the introductions were filmed in the marvelous Usopov Palace in St. Petersburg. And in today's program, I'm standing in the ballroom. I'm standing in the banquet room, walking through the galleries. It is amazing. And it all leads to the stage in the Usopov Palace where people performed. And of course, I'm teaching the stage of faith. Faith will put you on the stage. Guys, we saw that last night. We're going to pick up on that again tonight. Anyway, this is free. And while you're on our website, you ought to go ahead and order the whole series called The Stage of Faith. It's five parts. It will encourage you. Last night was encouraging. It will encourage you. Maybe you have a relative. Maybe you have a niece or a nephew or a cousin or a friend or a brother or a sister, a mom or dad, who's trying to do something by faith. This will really encourage them to stick with what God told them to do. And we're also offering you right now my brand new book called Build Your Foundation. Six must-have beliefs for constructing an unshakable Christian life. Sweetheart, people are so shaken right now. They're shaken by what's happening in Congress and Senate and worldwide politics in Europe. People are feeling shaken. But you know, when you have the right beliefs in your life, it doesn't matter what's going on around you. you. You are unshaken. And that's what Jesus said would happen if you build your life on a rock. Well, there are six must-have beliefs to build your life on a rock so that you are unshaken. You can order this by going online or by giving us a call right now. Amen, Denise. Amen. I had a, <clears throat> excuse me, I have a word of knowledge for somebody when, when Maxine was talking about, and you are ready for God to do something in your life. I heard the word now, and I heard you say, well, I'm ready for it right now. I want it right now. And I want you, we are joining you right now in our faith with you 
for the manifestation that you are asking for. We're joining with you right now to receive yes. that manifestation from God. We receive it. Yes. And we thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, let's open our Bibles tonight to 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 9. And we're talking about the stage of faith. So listen to what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 9. And remember, the Apostle Paul was a man with an assignment. He had an illumination. And what was his illumination? That he was to take the gospel to the Gentiles. He was to establish the church among the Gentiles. And remember what we said last night. When you get a word from God, it puts you on the stage. Suddenly you leave private life and people begin to talk about you. Just think back to moments in your life when you said to somebody, you know, I, I believe this is what God is telling me to do. And suddenly everybody had an opinion about whether or not you really heard from God. Were you right? Were you wrong? Could you really do what you said you were going to do? Did God really speak to you? It's like everybody buys a ticket to the show. And they sit in their seats like spectators to watch. Well, let's see. Did he really hear from the Lord? Did, she, did, did God really speak to her? That's just the way it is. When you announce something that you're going to do by faith. And now when you come to this verse, Paul says, For we are made a spectacle unto the world and to angels. A spectacle. The word spectacle is a Greek word theatron. It's the same word we saw last night. It describes a theater. It means to observe, to watch, to study, to scrutinize. It means people were observing him, watching him, studying him, scrutinizing him. It means to bring up on the stage for all to see. That's why I'm telling you. When you say you've been illuminated, you become public material. It means spectators sitting in the theater watching the scenario being played on the stage in front of them. They're on the edge of their seats waiting for the actors to make a mistake or to forget a line so they can scorn, ridicule, and make fun of him. It means to scorn, scoff at, shame, sneer at, and publicly humiliate someone who is a spectacle. You know, Denise, we've had moments when we just felt like we were a spectacle. People just watching this to see, are they really going to be able to do that? It's like when we decided that we were going to build our big building in Moscow. There were so many people who bought a ticket to the show. They didn't give, but they sure came to the show. They wanted to watch. Well, let's just see. This is a big project. This is the biggest church faith project ever in the city of Moscow. People bought a ticket to the show. And you know what? Since we're on the stage and people are watching, we need to show them how faith works. What an opportunity to demonstrate that God really spoke to us. What an opportunity to demonstrate how to be faithful, how to be steadfast, how to be consistent. You know, God doesn't say one thing today and say something else tomorrow. He's not changing his mind back and forth. You need to be consistent. And if you're on stage and people are watching you, you have a fabulous opportunity to teach others about faith. Amen. Amen. We, we have to embrace that word because that word, even if there wasn't a stage, it'll, it's going to try and get away from you because of the way life is and trials and people around us. But we just got to keep saying, nope, I'm not letting go. I am not letting go. I am holding on. And, 
And of course, you will be an example to somebody else. And not only will you be an example to somebody else, you may make the way for somebody else. You may be a pioneer in their eyes. Maybe they've never seen anybody like you, believe like you do, and they're just watching and watching and, and saying, could it be? Could could she really be hearing from God? Could he really be hearing from God? If, if he hears from God, if she hears from God, maybe I can get a word and I can show that God is faithful. Amen. That is powerful. But hey, look at this verse because it tells us there are three categories watching you when you make a faith declaration. <laughs> it says the world, angels, and men. The word world is the word cosmos. The word cosmos would describe society, really describes society. So society has an opinion. The word angels is the Greek word angelos, and guess what? It's plural. It means a big company of angels, which means even angels love to watch a good show. Even angels come. When somebody says they're going to do something by faith, angels come to watch that. You know why? Because angels have never been able to do anything by faith. They don't do things by faith. They just do what they're told. They're created to be the servants of God. But to watch a human being that gets an illumination from God and who uses their faith, angels just love to watch that. And this verse says angels come to the show. That's amazing. And then it says men. The word men is the word anthropos, but here it's the plural. It means the whole human race, men and women of all ages, everybody loves a good show. And they all come to watch when you say you're going to do something. And then in verse 11, Paul says, not only are we performing, not only are we aware of the fact that society is watching, angels are watching, and all kinds of people from all different kinds of age groups have all bought a ticket to the show. In addition to all of that, we have other things to deal with as well. And I told you last night, that when you have a word from God, a great fight of affliction usually follows. And that's what now Paul describes in verse 11. Listen to this. For unto this present hour, we both hunger and thirst and are naked and are buffeted and have no certain dwelling place. So here he is on the stage, carrying out his assignment to be the apostle to the Gentiles. All his Jewish friends back home have opinions about what he's doing. And while he's trying to be faithful and trying to make sure he gives a good performance to everybody that's watching, he says, in the middle of all that, we're hungry, we're thirsty, we're naked, we're buffeted, we have no certain dwelling place, which means a great fight has followed. The enemy and the world is coming after him to try to crush him and move him off the stage. Get off the stage. We're going to crush you. Well, the word hungry means to be desperately hungry, desperately hungry. The word thirsty means to be thirsty from a lack of drink. They are really, truly hungry and thirsty. This is like bare basics. He says we are naked, which means to be ill-dressed, buffeted. The Greek word kolophidzo, that word is so horrible in Greek. The word kolophidzo means to strike with the fist. It was used to describe a person that was violently beaten, a beating by knuckles or fists. Fists used as weapons of abuse. This is horrible maltreatment. Paul says, guys, you would not believe what we've been through once we made a faith declaration. 
We've been hungry. We've been thirsty. We have been ill-dressed. He says we have been beaten with knuckles. People have used their hands as instruments of abuse. And then he says no certain dwelling place. Maxine, because you've been studying Greek, you're going to like this. It's the Greek word, astatea, which means to wander around, to rove without a settled place to live, to have no certain dwelling place, a roaming life that is physically unsettled, and it is the very Greek word which means no status. No status. Wow. Then when you come to verse 12, he says, and labor... Working with our own hands, being reviled, we bless. Being persecuted, we suffer for it. The word labor, the Greek word kapow. <laughs> the word kapow, it's the hardest, the most wearisome kind of labor. It is toil. One who gives everything he has in him to a project or an assignment. One who strives and works with every fiber of his being. It typifies work that may be wearisome and exhausting, the hardest kind of labor, and it applies to physical, mental, and spiritual effort, which means for us to stay on this stage, it has required every ounce of our beings. We've had to pay our own bills. We've had to work the hardest kind of work. Paul says we have labored more than anybody understands. And then he says in the middle of all that, we've been reviled. Rather than people saying, thank you for what you're doing, we appreciate your act of faith, he says we've been reviled. The word reviled describes crude, coarse, vulgar, abusive language. To speak abusively, to insult someone, or to speak words that are crude and vile, verbal abuse. He says we put up with a lot of verbal abuse while we've been on this stage of faith, doing our assignment. And he says, how do we respond to all this verbal abuse? We answer them with a blessing. He says, we bless, eulogia. It means we just say good things right back to them. Don't get involved in a war of words. Just bless people. That's what Paul said. And then he added, being persecuted, we suffer for it. The word persecuted, a form of the Greek word dioko, which means to hunt. He says, they have hunted us down like animals, trying to take us out. He said, we suffer. The word suffer, the Greek word, anekomai. The word anekomai means to put up with it, to be tolerant, especially of others. He said, we have just had to put up with all of this. We've just had to endure it because that's just what we've been through. We can't seem to do anything about it. This seems like this has just come along with our assignment. And then in verse 13, he says, being defamed, we entreat. We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. The word defamed means to slander, so they've been slandered. To slur, so they've been slurred. To smear, people have smeared them. To vilify, they have been vilified. You know, that's a horrible thing when you're doing your very best to serve God from a pure heart and people vilify you. I mean, that is so hurtful. It means to maliciously malign someone's good name. Depicts one who deliberately does a hatchet job on someone's integrity, character, or name. An attack carried out with a purposeful intention of damaging someone's reputation in the eyes of others. 
a nasty character attack, and it is the word for defamation. Paul says, we have experienced so much defamation. People have told stories about us that are not true. People claim they know us, that they know things about us. We don't even know who the people are. Fake news, fake news, fake news, fake news. He says, how do we respond? We entreat. Okay, guys, listen to this. It is the Greek word parakaleo, but it is plural, and it's, it means we. We entreat. The word entreat pictures one who's come closely alongside of another to speak to him, console him, comfort, assist him, counsel him, advise him. It's the very word used by military leaders who encourage their troops to hold their head high, throw their shoulders back, and face their battles bravely. And Paul here uses it in the third person, plural, we. When we are under assault, we entreat, literally, like soldiers in the army, we come alongside of each other, and we say, hey, we're going to get through this. Hold your head high. Throw your shoulders back. Stand tall. This is a battle. Let's face it bravely. They drew near to each other on the team. What kind of strength is available when you have a good team? When you have a good church where people are supportive, they can come alongside. If you know somebody else that's being maligned, you can come alongside of them. Paul says, basically, when we're defamed, we just get together and encourage each other. That's literally what it means. Isn't that powerful, Denise? Maxine? I love it. So we paracaleo each other. Yeah, we paracaleo each other. That's really what it means. I love it. You know, I think about the early years in Riga. We were defamed so many times, vilified. I'll never forget when I went to the grocery store and I saw the national newspaper and on the front of the national newspaper there was this strange, strange artwork. A man with a glazed look on his face and a big hand on his head that looked like a claw that was digging into his brain. And the headline said, this was the front page of the national newspaper, do what I tell you to do. I thought, what in the world is that about? I got that newspaper, opened it up, it was about me. It was about how I was using hypnotism to control people in the way that I taught the Bible on television. It absolutely vilified me. And when I opened to the center page of the newspaper where the article continued, it had a picture of Adolf Hitler. It had a picture of uh, some foreign oriental religious leader and me in the very middle of the centerfold. Vilified. Well, when that happened, I knew I had a choice. I could laugh or I could just enjoy it. And we just pulled alongside of each other and encouraged each other in the Lord that obviously we were having an impact or the enemy wouldn't be coming after us. You have to make a decision to entreat, to encourage each other. And then he goes on and listen to this. This, this is amazing to me. Now here Paul is taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. This man that is a Jew, he's left his comfort zone. He's gone into the Gentile world. He's working as hard as he can. Look at it. He's laboring. They're ill-clothed. They have no place. They've lost their status. But they're not moving off of assignment. They're staying on the stage. They're doing everything they can to fulfill the God's assignment on their life. And Paul says in verse 13, We are made as the filth of the world and are the offscouring of all things unto this day. What does that mean? Filth of the world. The word filth 
listen to this, depicts the removal of disgusting grime like the grime that is left around a dirty bathtub. It was one of the lowest, crudest, derogatory statements that could be made about anybody. This word filth is the word which was used to describe low-level people in society like criminals deemed unworthy to live. It was believed even that if a city had bad fortune, you could blame it on the filth in society, the scum. It's really the word for scum. Paul says, can you imagine everything we're doing? And people treat us like we're low-level scum. All we're trying to do is help people. And then he tells what the people are trying to do to him as scum. We are the off-scouring of all things unto this day. Off-scouring depicts, listen to this, filth that is scrubbed, rubbed off, and removed. The ferocious process required to remove filth and grime, scrubbing the scum out of society. And I remember when I was a kid, my mother would send me in to take a bath. And if we had played outside all day, the, when we left the bath water out, there was scum, there was grime left around the tub. And if we didn't immediately clean it, mother would come in there and see it. She'd say, Ricky, get in there and clean that ringer from around that tub. Well, by that time, it was already hard. You'd have to get out the Ajax or the Comet or whatever we used. Mm -hmm. We'd get a rag. And to get rid of that ring around the tub, he had to really scrub. Denise, do you remember that? Yeah, I do. Oh, I hated that. But I mean, you have to really scrub to get rid of the ring around the tub. And Paul says, society is really scrubbing. They're trying to rub us out. <laughs> That's really what it means. We're the off-scouring of all things. What wrong had they committed? They said they had a word from God. That's it. Put them on the stage. People bought a seat to the show. They became a theater, a spectacle. Angels were watching. Society was watching. People were watching. And the enemy's trying to crush them and run them off the stage with all these events and problems in life. And Paul says, if you can imagine, after the price we have paid, our dedication, our commitment, all the things that we have been through, rather than say thank you to us, they treat us like we are the ring around the tub. And it just feels like they're trying to scrub us out. But you know what? What did he do? Rather than say, my feelings are hurt, he says, we entreat. In moments like that, we draw alongside of our friends, our family, and our team, and we encourage each other. And that's what you need to do. That's why we're teaching this in home group. We're trying to encourage you. Stick with what God told you to do. You can do it. You're listening to people that have done the impossible. You can do the impossible. Of course you can. Denise? Oh, you. We have the power of the Holy Ghost living inside of us. And, and that's the power of the resurrection. So we just, rather than look at just ourselves, look at the power of God inside of you. Paul wasn't doing this through the power of himself no. or, or great determination. He was doing this by the power of the resurrected Lord who lived inside of him. That's the only way he was doing it. And that's the only way 
that you and I can do this. And by the way, we're not teaching this to prophesy bad times. We're just trying to give you a good wake up with what happens when you to do something by faith. The devil responds. Life responds. You just need to be prepared. You're always better off if you're prepared. Well, and I'm thinking as, as you're speaking, Rick, I haven't done anything. I haven't endured anything. <laughs> uh, no, I've, I, I need to press in there more and, and not say, oh, gosh, I've done so much. Don't say that. Say, I'm pushing forward because God is calling me forward. And, and he's given me power to move forward. And you know what else, Denise? When you perform well on one stage, it opens the door for a bigger stage. Never forget, you're qualifying for the next assignment. Do well on the stage that you have right now. It's mm, a good word. Because when you do well on that stage, it opens the door for you to step onto a bigger stage. Amen. Good word. We're out of time. God bless Good you. Word. Sleep well. We'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.